to the Bird Call Review. Today, we are going to review another tiny little brown bird called Lucy's Warbler. Lucy's Warbler. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Here it goes. Withholding any judgment until I hear this bird. That's good. So my initial thought was that it would be like kind of like a like a, a sexual cry. Mm. And I feel like that kind of held true like after hearing the bird. Hmm. A sexual cry. I think bird cars calls bird cars. Those are what cars what birds drive in when they don't feel like flying. Maybe we should review those. Um so I think all bird calls are sexual, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're like I want to get laid. 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 <laughs> it's true. It's true. So Lucy's Warbler is a great name for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come look at my warble. Come look at my warble. Come look at my warble. <laughs> so um, I I like it for. Okay. Sure. Yeah. A little sexy for my taste. I'd say uh, I'd say a three. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait, like it was too arousing for you? A little bit. Yeah, I think if I was a bird, I'd be like, "Hot damn," you know, you know, you're trying not to be thought of as a as an object, as a sexual object, Lucy's warbler. But when you put that call out there, I mean, what are you saying? It's a very mixed message. Is what oh, I'm totally saying. mixed messages. Yeah. It. Yeah, no, that's that, that's a very desperate cry. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have a kind of a correction from last week. Yeah. You know, uh, I was talking about the the uh, the guy that um, got saved by. Uh, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The crash by uh, <laughs> Jamie Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, <laughs> you know, I was like, pretend your car's like having a mechanical malfunction or whatever. You know. Um, so first of all, the guy that I saw getting interviewed was the kid's dad. It was oh. wasn't the guy. I really like the idea of this kind of being an old man that just like his car messed up and he flew off the road. But really, it was a young kid who was drunk. So it's a young, is like a drunk driver, a young like punk drunk driver. Yeah, it's more boring. Yeah, because you're kind of like, yeah, I, I liked the idea that's like my brake pedal doesn't work. Ah, tell my family I love them. I was two years away from retirement. No, <laughs> but it's really just like some kid who woke up later and they're like, hey, Tommy. Um, first of all, but his dad really wanted to be friends with Jamie Foxx. Yeah, well, he was crying. He's like, thank you, thank you. If you hadn't have been there. And he's like, no problem, man. I'm not a hero. I'm just doing my thing, you know. Um, <laughs> Can I your phone number? I just wanted to... I just wanted play, to play basketball I, sometime? I Jim felt Fox? like I should correct... I should correct, you know, you know my, my inaccuracy. I wanted to get that off yeah, my we chest. Yeah, we don't want to be that. inaccurate on this Nope, show. I don't want to do inaccurate reporting on Bird Call Review. No. So every time we record, I turn this mic... I have this mic is in the off position. And we start... We start and it's not like I mean, it's maybe not recording. we're not recording right now. And oh then, yeah, we're recording. We're recording. And then you yell at me every time. I do. <laughs> and I like I I don't ever remember turning it in the off position. Yeah. And so like I have this a lot, and I wonder if there's like a, a a me inside of me that's trying to sabotage me every time. Like there's a me subconsciously that knows that like you get a little bit irritated when I 
We're, we're testing oh, be, mic oh, levels. Okay, because it has a, a physical switch. It has a physical switch. I have yeah. to turn it off. Oh, I see. Well, now I'm pissed at you, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh, <laughs> like, there's this little, like, troll asshole me inside of me who's like, hey, I'm going to turn the switch off. And, like, he's not even going to remember. Maybe. So, your, your level of trolling goes so deep that you do it subconsciously. I, I must, right? Yeah. That Unless, sounds like you. <laughs> it does sound like me. <laughs> So do you have do you have things like that? Like um, you, you think you set your alarm for like you know seven, but actually it's set for eight for whatever reason, or like PM, and it like wasn't an accident. Like it happens every time. Um, I I uh, no, not the alarm thing, but I um I do I do feel like it's so mundane, but I feel like when I misplace my wallet or my keys, mm. I'm like I I think that there's a prior version of me that's like oh I'm gonna wear this jacket out later, so I'll just leave it in my jacket. Yes, and I'm. I'm basically like, he's not going to leave it in his jacket. He's not going to take that jacket out. He's going to take a different jacket out. And my later self is like, oh, why didn't I just put him back in the spot? Right. Everything should go in its place. I'm always really proud of myself when I have done something so consistently that when I'm like faced with that question of like, what did I, what did I do last time? Yeah, you you remember and you go back to that place and there it is. And there it is. You're like yes, you're like you set yourself up. Uh, I we were talking about this, um, and so we we do software development and uh, and somebody. I was realizing that there was is it so easy to be critical of everyone's work and my own work and mm-hmm. whatever, especially when you're building something complex like software. There's this one part piece of our software that like works really really well, and it was really hard to develop, and a lot of time went into developing it, developing it in an extensive way. So I kind of like I'm so critical all the time. I was kind of like I should say like like hey like this thing that we made a while ago, I totally just use it again, and man we designed that the right way, and kudos to everyone for right. developing an extensible system that we we planned for this time where I needed to extend it in this way. Right. Um, and I was thinking about how this, this colors a lot of my own life and my own, like, like I love, 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 love. I love extendable patterns that, um, that somebody thought about and work every time because like, I think there's kind of beauty in it. You know, but then there's also like I was also thinking like I think this goes actually a little bit deeper. I was thinking about kind of I was a philosophy major, and um, the thing that really pulled me towards Kant was that like he explained morality in terms of a system that if every like things are good not because God told you they're good or because you know or you know or a holy book told you they're good or something right, like right. that or whatever. Um, they're good because if everybody acted in this way, like, um, they, so, well, I'll read you a little quote. Okay. Sorry. I'm trying to remember my philosophy class. He, he's the one who's like the idea that like the good things are things that can be universally true, right? Yes. Categorical maxim. Yes. Is that where? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's different than utilitarianism or something where it's like the thing is, thing is good only, you can't know if a thing is good. You can only know if it's good um, if it increases the happiness, the kind of baseline happiness level of, of the most amount of people, the greatest good for the greatest amount of people. Right. And the good being what increases happiness. Okay. Um, so that gets really fuzzy. Like, what if right. somebody is made happy by pain or, you know, whatever? It mm-hmm, gets really mm-hmm. fuzzy. But um, 
Anyway, so in the metaphysics of morals, groundwork for the metaphysics of morals, um, which is like his like seminal like work, he was like, the uh, only act according to that maxim by which you can at the same time will that it should become a universal law. So stealing is bad because you wouldn't want that to be a universal law because right. everyone would steal your shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like the same. So everybody's kind of riffed on this idea. I mean, obviously, I mean, I think in Luke, in the book of Luke in the Bible, it's like uh, Jesus has this quote. So in everything do unto others is what you would have them do unto you. For this sums up the law of the prophets, like all the law of the prophets can be reduced right. out of this, like do unto others. Is So I was thinking like a version of that in like software is write your API as you would have others write their APIs unto you. <laughs> That the good is the rational, <laughs> and uh, and you should be good because that's what rational beings should do. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, the best software that you use and love is software where people took the perspective of like from the outside, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's approach our own thing without any of the baggage of our internal structure and the people's egos and all of that. Yeah, and let's focus on what it feels like to come in from the outside and do the thing. Yeah. And they get worse when people, uh, you know, are trying to make money off of it and say, like, how do we leverage the eyeballs that we have right now to turn that into, ad, like, ad revenue and, like, whatever, sort of thinking about it internally versus, like, from the outside perspective is of, is it is it easy to do the thing that I've come here to do? Yeah. Will others think that this is, yeah, is easy? Yeah. So I think that there's like there's a counterpoint to all all, all this, and it's like the, there's this idea. It's easy to get caught up in like kind of the good things that you make and this like legacy and like doing great things and and whatnot. But I think that both of us kind of in some degree kind of realize that that's like a little bit of bullshit, right? There's a, there's this lie that you tell yourself that your you know 80 years here is going to make yeah. some kind of difference in the grand scheme of history and the existence of humans yeah well really that's kind of like that's very untrue very very few humans have risen to that place of having like affecting yeah all of mankind yeah i mean yeah this this whole thing recently of like discovering um discovering ripples and in like the fabric of space time yeah that and it's like we we have shown that Einstein was right, and at this point in humanity, aren't you just like yeah, Einstein was right, like he's always right, <laughs> like like you know, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, a hundred years later, we're like, hey, what do you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> Einstein is right, and like nothing can go faster than the speed of light, or da da da. Like you know, it's just like how did I don't understand how some people become like worshipped as gods, like humans that walk around the earth like yeah. some are like worship as gods but then there's somebody like einstein who has a clear direct line <laughs> to the fabric of like the matrix right yeah. like he sees it in a way that we're all just a hundred years later going like oh that's what he meant like yeah <laughs> i it's mean amazing if, if anyone if anyone was walking around we think like and you thought like oh we should we should worship that person like if like it'd be like yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like do you feel like a lot of that was tempered by the fact that he looked so goofy? 
Oh, he looked a little otherworldly. He yeah. looked a little bit like God, kind of strung out on something. Well, I mean, like like you, the white, you know. When you think about the, the people who thought they were gods, like 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 Egyptian mm-hmm. like time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like they're characterized as these just beautiful, yeah, human, like, ripped on ripped, a yeah. yeah, yeah, beautiful physiques, you know, yeah, just yeah, gold, yeah, statuesque like, hat headwear, yeah, yeah. And Einstein's not that. I mean, he's just crazy, no, dude. I think he's. I'd like to think that maybe God was a little bit of a troll, and uh, if it was walking among us, it'd be like, yeah, I'm that silly guy. It's off to the. I think that's what I liked about Gandalf's character so much in yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings is that like, um, he's a little bit less silly in the movies than he is in the in the books. I feel right, like, yeah, but um, he's always like this funny old man that you're like, oh man, like you don't know anything, and then all of a sudden he busts out with something, and you're like, oh yeah, you're like. A crazy wizard that's like hundreds of years old. <laughs> and you're well, like, whoa. It seems like that's very intentional in storytelling. Like, even in Star Wars. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Yoda. Like, when you go back and watch that yeah, like, yeah. first Star Wars, and, like, Yoda, he's like that just crazy green dude who's, like, trying to get the snack out of the R2-D2. Oh, oh, you mean, yeah, yeah, Yoda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yoda. Yeah, well, I was thinking, I thought you were going to say, um, with uh, even Obi-Wan Kenobi's uh, yeah. uh, entrance, is like him stumbling down this canyon in what looks like a bathrobe, you know, like, he's like, whoa, 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 <laughs> and you're like, they're like, oh, old Ben Kenobi, and he's like, huh, huh, he's me, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, like, this is kind of a funny old man, and then he yeah. ends up being a badass, actually, not really being a badass, I mean, he goes, to, he pulls out his lightsaber, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be awesome, and he's like, ching, 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 dialogue, 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 you're dead. And you're like, that was, oh, okay, that was it? I heard that's the worst part about watching those series in order. What? Like, if you if you go in, the like, episode one through yeah, yeah, six. Yeah, yeah, um, I don't know what episode one and three are. Um, I'm only aware of episode four, five, and six. Uh, so I don't actually know what you're saying, but but I can imagine. If there were terrible prequels, you mean? Like if there were terrible the, if there were prequels, the okay. one thing that would be difficult about watching them yeah. in the prescribed order yeah. is that the fight sequences go from like totally absurd, like flying around, jumping yeah. off of walls, yeah. and you know, knocking out like fifty lasers in, in yeah, a yeah, single yeah. swoop, to Obi Wan fighting it, Darth Vader, basically fencing, like in a fencing stance, kind of like swinging, like yeah, these big like broad strokes, fencing one hundred and one, yeah. Like, like, gently touch the tips of the sword together, <laughs> get a feel for how yeah. that is. Yeah. All right, you're done. You're, yeah. That's all for today. Yeah. Man, that last scene where they're, where there's father and son fighting in a silhouette, and it's like the blue light versus the red light, and the choir is going in the background, yeah. and you're just like, it's like a physical battle, but it's also a mind game, and he knows he shouldn't fight, but he's fighting, but he kind of has to because he threatened him with getting at his sister, and it's like there's so much mind stuff. I... I think as a kid, you've been talking a lot about like, you know, rock, uh, your son picking yeah. up on things or mm-hmm. whatever, man. I think as a, as a kid, I even I watched that and I was just like, oh, he shouldn't fight because that's what the emperor wants, but he, but he has to fight or else Darth Vader would, would kill him. And, but is he really going to kill him? And you know, but he, he can't because, you know, it's just like all of those things are like yeah. melting my little brain as a kid. And then you, you know? kind of realize like that somewhere along the way, George Lucas Thought that we were too dumb to handle that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there were these theoretical yeah, yeah. prequel episodes. Right. What do you call the first Star Wars? A New Hope? Really? What? You do? Episode 4, A New Hope. Because <laughs> it was Isn't renamed. 
that once they started the second one. That was like oh. the first of George Lucas's edits. It was oh. just Star Wars. Star Wars. Oh, you mean so like at the beginning of uh, Return of the Jedi, if you... What? What do you mean he renamed him? It was renamed A New Hope Episode 4. But like when the when, when the when the yellow text is is crawling up the uh, crawling up the thing, yeah. Like you're saying Star Wars. It says, but when it was originally released, it said A New Hope. No, Star Wars. Star Wars. Colon A New Hope. It never says A New Hope. No, it, it does now. Oh, oh wow. Interesting. To, to to give it some of that like momentum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, Star Wars A New Hope Episode Four. You know, Star Wars Return of the Jedi Episode yeah, yeah, Five. Yeah. You know. Okay. Or sorry, I didn't know I that. Messed that up. Well, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I overheard a couple people talking the other day. I'm um, just like I don't know. I was in line at a store or something like that, <clears throat> and they're like, they're like, yeah, I had to pull over because a funeral procession was going by, and um, they're like, you mean like a motorcade? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I had to, I had to pull over and like wait for them all to go by, and then someone behind them, like they didn't know, like there's two people talking. Someone's like, yeah, and someone's like. It was just the weirdest, it was the weirdest thing to happen in public because the people behind them who clearly didn't know them were like, like, I don't think you're supposed to pull over for a funeral motorcade. And then they looked at them like, like, oh yeah, yeah, no, you pull over like, like you would a fire truck or like an ambulance. Like if you see they're coming down the street, you get out of their way. And then, uh, the person behind them, like the whole line of people started <laughs> that didn't know each other. It was like a scene out of some, you know, rom-com or something like that. Like, I don't think so. And so the, the person behind Seinfeld. them were like, were like, like, yeah, like, like, oh, you don't have to pull over. It's just like, they're all just trying to stay together. You just don't supposed to get in, get in the middle You're of them. You're not supposed to cut one of them off. In yeah, the yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they yeah. will like stop for you. They're not like running red lights and trying to get to the funeral. I mean, that dead person's not going anywhere. So there's, <laughs> they're not going to be late for the funeral. I right. mean, um, so like, you know, do you, so there's this whole debate, but to me, it didn't seem like much of a debate in my mind. Before I reveal what I think the obvious answer is, what do you think? Had you been in that line at, at Ralph's or wherever I was? Uh, I, first, I would have moved to a different line. Okay. Like, clearly, you guys are not, are not doing the task. Those aren't my here. people. Okay. Oh, those are my people totally. Really? A whole line of people talking about whether or not to... Oh, sure. Oh, I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know what the average the average everyman thinks of this scenario. <laughs> what does the everyman think? Um, well, I mean, it's not a. It, is it like a, a police escorted one? Um, you know that wasn't ever asked, but I assume, given how they were talking about it, that it they they said like motorcade. I don't think somebody was like waving a banner in front. I'm sure it was like a police. Hmm. You know, because uh, it's that's pretty common, right? Is to like you have you have a funeral procession. They're gone their way. The hearse is in front, and it's not the hearse leading the charge. It's the cop on the motorbike. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd say, I guess if it was, if there was a cop yeah. in the front, yeah. I probably would. Because, I mean, cop with the lights on. If he had the lights on. Okay. Okay. Right? So if the lights are on, you pull, pull over. over. No matter what. I mean, that's, if it, if there's a cop behind you with the, with the lights on, yeah. you pull over. Okay. That's, yeah. that's the way it goes. Yeah. So in that event, yes. No cop, no pullover. Wait, wait what cop about with cop? the lights off, no pullover. Cop with lights off, no pullover. Nope. Okay. Come on, there's cops behind me all the time that don't have the lights on. Well, yeah, but not leading a motorcade of like people. Doesn't matter. Okay. I would not. <laughs> I don't mean to be a dick, 
but I would not pull over if the, even if they had their lights on. Because what's he gonna do? <laughs> Leave the motor like the whole yeah, motorcade? Sorry, has to pull guys. Over everybody, pull over. I got to give this a hole a ticket. <laughs> You're just like it's testing not him. even that. <laughs> yeah. What you gonna like, do, wait, asshole? What? What? Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, I mean, of course, if they're like, boop, boop, you know, then I'd be like, all right, all right, all right, you know. But and it's not, it's not, it's not out of any sort of like, uh, I, I don't think that their lights are on to say that the fact that the lights on has nothing to hmm. do with me or the traffic like on the street. It has to do with I'm holding the baton in front. Everybody follow me. It's it's more like the police escort is there to keep everyone together and to get them all to get them all to the you know sure sure the graveyard. I mean, like, how long of a de- delay is she talking about here? Like, it took like three minutes for the motorcade motorcade to, to go by. Yeah, I mean, at most. Yeah, I just don't think I just don't think we should st- st- <laughs> so reverend or something. I I don't think it's it's less of like a it takes everyone's time and it's more of like a you know I don't think they're all speeding to the grave site. I think every, it's probably better if they go a little bit slower. They're in the flow of traffic. Like like I think everybody else is served by yeah. by like staying at a sane pace. You know. Yeah, that's a good question. I'd probably be like I'm the person in the lane next to me and be like, like are, you, are we are we doing this? Are we doing? This? All right, am I cool? Like are we people? Or what if you just see this this gleam of crazy in their eye and you're like, no, we're gonna we're, we're gonna stopping do this. this and you start drag racing at the yeah, next stop. Yeah, don't mourn the dead so much. I mean, we are the living. We're gonna we're gonna link arms and stop this motorcade from going by. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> trolling funerals. You just show up with a bag of Doritos and you're like, hey, what's going yeah. on? <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, what happened? Someone. Died. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so oh. sad. Oh man. Oh man. That that's rough. So speaking but, of death, yeah, I've been uh, I've been, I've been looking for a way to kind of remind myself of like how like my mortality, right? So I downloaded this thing for Chrome, and it has every time I open up a new tab, it tells me exactly my age with like milliseconds and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's always like counting up really yeah. fast. Do you have anything like that that you you do to kind of remind yourself of where you are in your own timeline? Um. Not on the daily, but we've uh, we've talked before about a tattoo idea. Yeah. Um, now I've never had a tattoo idea in my life. Uh, <laughs> I think tattoos have really kind of jumped the shark. Of like, jump the shark. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, but, jump the shark. Well, the fonts. Yeah, they they like you go to the so I live close to the beach. I'm at the beach a lot in the summer and stuff, and it's just like every single human being has brands all over their not brand but like has m- m- tattoos all over them right it's all over them yeah like sleeves are back in or whatever and i don't really care one way or the other mm-hmm. but i do kind of feel like it's such a permanent decision that like i it's sort of like sort of like like we went through a phase in like the 90s where like like especially with girls they like shaped their eyebrows a lot and they like yeah. plucked the crap out of their eyebrows so like the Just top tiny is little line little thin line yeah 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 and like now, now that that's sort of becoming out of, out of style. Yeah, the ca- like, caterpillars are back in. Yeah, like full fledged eyebrows are like are like kind of back in. But like, if you're from the '90s, if you came up in the '90s, you can't just like unplug, like you know, grow that, grow your eyebrows back. Yeah, in. no. So like, you're kind of done. So like, I kind of feel like like oh, it's a kind of a bummer for them that they're like on that side of the fence of things, and they have to wait another twenty years until like pencil thin eyebrows come back in. You know. Right. So at that point I, you're like 60 and yeah. And you're like, like oh, my eyebrows are fashionable. You're like, yeah, accidentally grandpa, you know? 
Um, <laughs> I kind of feel like that a little bit with tattoos. Like, uh-huh. like I kind of feel like, oh, I'm going to get sleeves. And then it's like, well, like, I'm really going to be dating myself. I mean, I don't really care that much, like, what other people think. I just, in my own mind, I don't like being locked. It's more about indecision. It's more about being locked into, yeah. like, a fashion like oh you were you got sleeves when everybody else got sla- sleeves yeah. when they were your age you know it's like my grandpa had all these you know sexy ladies on. yeah <laughs> <laughs> big boobs yeah. white white hips in like i don't know like a, a hawaiian like hula skirt or some oh, dumb man. shit like, like that like classic navy tattoos classic navy yeah. tattoos yeah there's a mom somewhere right on the right <laughs> you know love mom yeah oh man so your mortality I'm, I'm going to bring this oh, one yeah, back. Yeah, I'm sorry. curious. Uh, What's the tattoo idea? Oh, yeah. So the tattoo idea is that <clears throat> you kind of have somewhere. Maybe I'm thinking my arm because it's the only that's the only rational place to put a tattoo on like a chunky white guy. There's yeah. no good other. There's no other good place other right. than like the lower arm. Right. Like there's just, you know, no. So sorry to anyone who has um, tattoos like that. Um, like maybe your chest if you have the structure for it. Maybe your back if you're pretty confident that's not going to get stretched out like a, you know, something you stretch i don't know <laughs> um but like anyway so this idea was just like it's like you kind of have little circles or squares or something like that um that represent you know maybe maybe five years of your life depend mm-hmm. or something some sort of like you know chapters of your life and then you fill them in as you go yeah um just to remember like or just to kind of mark the passage of time and then to kind of look down and realize like i am half used up like yeah what's the other half gonna batteries half dead yeah because like you don't want to like that's the thing about the end end of your life is like you're full of like regret about things that you missed out on or whatever and so you kind of i feel like you kind of have you leave yourself no room for like letting 30 years slip by when you have to go and fill it in you're like i can't believe i'm filling in another another dot like I just did the other one like five years ago. And then yeah. you're like, wow, five years is a long time. I'm not going to let that happen again for the next dot. I'm going to go to Europe. I'm doing that thing. Right. You know? Right now. I'm booking the yeah, ticket. Yeah. So I think some people, it depends on how you look at life. Like and some people are like, oh, it's like a death clock. It's like you're counting down to your death. It's like, But uh. it's inevitable. You're lucky if you get that far. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what would the alternative is to be like unaware and be like, I don't know. I just didn't, I can't believe I'm this old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it, that, that tattoo would be at uh, maybe half about like kind of fashion and and the other no less than that way less than that actually yeah <laughs> I would say thirty percent would be the actual like hey I kind of like this design and then thirty wait I gotta get my ratios right here like a third a third a third the another third would be the ability to have that thing strike up conversations <laughs> you know with other people watching like, you do math in your head is. Oh man, you really see just it. insufferable. Oh, it's really bad. And then the other third is like the utility of understanding how much life I have left. Yeah. So like interesting. So you know, thirty three percent fashion, thirty five percent the other one, and thirty. Thirds are hard because you have that 30, extra infinity 31? dot three three yeah. three 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 dot going 30, on. 30. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot with the kind of futility of taking pictures mm-hmm. right you know like i feel like in this digital age i talk with a lot of people who spend a shit ton of time taking editing yeah organizing backing up putting onto some type of like cloud storage yeah. sharing photos yeah right 
And like, you kind of have to ask yourself, one, how many pictures do you need to represent a year? First of all. Mm. And then two, like that, like those photos kind of like disappear with you, right? Like maybe they last another generation if you have a very strongly curated one that is mostly the kids that will outlast you and you, right? Like you just kind of happen to sneak in there. It's like a photo bomb for the future. Yeah. Like all that's left of my grandma Oma is like one or two pictures in like a book that I'm like, oh yeah, it's like kind of fuzzy from the eighties and you're like, so you have to ask yourself like, why do I spend so much time doing this shit? It's it's a markage of time, right? It's to look back and be like, and be like, oh, like here's all the main events in my life, yeah. and you can kind of relive them a little bit. Yeah. The question is, how many people actually do that? And with the digital, with the digital cameras, you're just like, clack, 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 yeah. and like filling up a terabyte of like, this is my trip to New York, and then like, <laughs> like where's the trip to New York? And it's then, just yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, there's there's there is 400 pictures from when I went to New York. Yeah. Um, I guess it was a good trip, but you flip, 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 flip. And you're like, okay. So I definitely agree with like the, that, that with every picture you take, save one out of 10. Okay. You know? Like I definitely agree with that. So but how many pictures? You, oh, sorry. No. I do think there's utility in like saving those things. Okay. I also have like a, um, iCloud album that I kind of put the best stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. And it plays when I'm at home and if I have the TV on or something like that, it will be my, um, Apple TV like screensaver. Mm-hmm. And so they're full screen, you know, pictures that I've edited or whatever. And I will find myself just like sitting on the couch and watching random photos from like the greatest hits, like the greatest hits of my life. Yeah. Um, And and other it pulls in other people, too. Like, what is that? It's like, oh, that was a trip to uh, um, I went to Spain like years ago. And it was um, that was the Costa del Sol. It was was great, you know, and it was like, oh, I didn't tell you about the guy I met down there. Like he let me stay (laughs) at his place, even though we barely could speak to each other. You know, it was like, I have all these stories that are prompted by these photos yeah. and I love being reminded of them and they start conversations with other people. Totally. Yeah. I wonder, you know, like people always say, uh, I mean, who knows, right? But people always say like, oh, you, you know, when you die, your life flashes before your eyes. I wonder if that just makes, you know, it's like your life is flashing before your eyes. Yeah. Like every time the it's screensaver comes on. <laughs> like my brain's going to be like, okay, let's do this thing. Like, no, I've been watching this flash. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, good. Yeah, I'm good. Let's just I'm call good. it done. I've seen these so often. I've like, seen these photos so much. <laughs> do you have like a greatest, do you have like a greatest hits of stories that you tell? Like a, of like oh, stories that, that, that like are, if you were on stage at, at, okay, if someone was doing like a, in memorandum of Chan, yeah, like, is there, are they like not stories like oh they were so kind when he did this thing but like crazy stuff that you're like wow that was super entertaining like things you things you'd tell around a campfire like half drunk with your friends you know I'm really bad at stories I can't tell a story at all like did, did you ever watch like Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip and there's this whole episode about how the lead lady can't tell a joke yeah right and so it's like you know two guys walk into a bar and like just ruins it every time yeah. can't do it yeah I cannot tell stories but. You should be good at telling stories because you're thoughtful about communication and all that. Like, I feel like I'm more of like like you might be, but you're just you're just I think I'm a little bit more of like a kind of like an improv person. Like, I want to start a story Uh and then kind of like see where it goes, like based on like if people Uh, are into it or not or just abort. Yeah. Like, I don't like the fact that like this train starts here and ends here. Yeah. Whether or not you're into it or not. Oh, interesting. 
Okay, and I feel like if, if you are able to tell a story where the train starts there and ends there, and it was like, that was a great story. It's like, yeah, you know? <laughs> right, Like, yeah. they're happy, you're happy. <laughs> I had a moment the other can day. I, can I tell you a story? Yeah, Where please. the train stops, starts, and stops somewhere else? Sure. Okay, here's the story. I'll try, okay. to, be, I'll try to be quick about it. <clears throat> I'll try to just get the highlights. Oh, yeah. This is definitely one of my, my campfire greatest hits. Do it. So, like, after college, I saved up a bunch of money working as a busser as a, at a restaurant, um, as you do with a college degree, and uh, saved up a bunch of money and traveled Europe for, like, four months. Okay, so, so on one of these trips, I get on a train. So you thought I was being metaphorical with the train. <laughs> so that, was this story, my, that was my metaphor. This story starts with getting on a train. Don't steal my metaphors, bro. <laughs> so I'm in Berlin. And I am going to start the next segment of my trip, and I'm going north to Denmark to visit my friend who was teaching English um, in Denmark, Mm -hmm. in Copenhagen. Okay, so I get on this very expensive, I was thinking, I can't believe this this train ticket is this expensive. So I get on it, and um, the, it was a sleeper train, so you... It had a sleeper car in it. So they're each it had like little bedrooms in it. And there's like five dudes in these. There, I think there's literally three bunks, like you know, three levels to each bunk. Yeah. And it was like, if you barely sat up, you'd hit your head. And so I'm there with, you know, a bunch of like, um, no offense, stinky Europeans. <laughs> we have very different shower habits, I would oh, say, yeah. in different parts of the world. We overshower here, just as, as oh, an aside. Oh, we definitely overshower here, but there are parts that undershower. And, I can get uh, behind that. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to lean one way or the other, err on the side of showering. Anytime I walk through a city and I smell piss, I remember France. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. B- body odor to this day is I... I don't have any freak out things, but I, I just can't, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Yeah. I feel I like I'm inside someone's armpit. <laughs> um, okay. So, so I'm on this train, I'm on this train, everyone's snoring away, you know, da, 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 and I, I put on, I, at this point in the trip, it's like three months into it. I have learned to do earplugs. So I've got, yeah. I've got earplugs in and I'm like, cool, I'm conking out. I mean, I'm probably snoring with them, but I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> so, so I I'm sawing logs and I, uh, one point in the night I wake up. And I just had this very weird sensation. I have this weird sensation that um, the train is like kind of, I feel like we're moving, but I feel like it's also like sliding or something. I'm not feeling, I'm hearing the kind of rickety, take out my earplugs, I'm hearing the rickety kind of ness of the train, but it's not the same. And it's just very odd. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, and I look kind of across the, I look across the room, this tiny little bunk room with six people in it, and all three of the guys across the way uh, are not in their beds. Okay. So I'm like, what? And, I, and then I realize no one else is snoring either. I think I'm the only one in this room right now. There was, there were five other people in this room. Now I'm like the only one. So I kind of, I think I'm like top or middle bunk, or whatever, but I kind of like lean over to see if the, the dude below me is there and no one else is there. I'm like, what the hell? So I'm like, I I don't know what we're doing here. What's happening here? Maybe something happened. I don't know. Jesus is real. He's come so back guess, and I've yeah, been left just, behind. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um so so I I get out of my I get out of my uh my sheets and I'm wearing boxers and I don't you know, I don't have sandals on it or shoes on or anything. Barefoot boxers. Um and I, I, I get out, my feet hit the ground, and I'm looking around, I'm I'm alone in this room and the doors and the door to our little room is open. And so I kind of go out to the room. I look left and right down the hall. 
and all the other doors are open too. And I'm like, something's going on. And I notice also that the train door is open. But I still feel in my feet, I can feel like we're kind of moving. Like, or you know what I mean? Get the sense that like this, it doesn't feel like it stopped. So I'm thinking I'm dreaming. I'm in a weird, hazy dream. Yeah. And I, as I walk up to the, to the doorway of the train, I look out and I think I see for like six feet away, like a brick wall and or like a steel wall or whatever. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, what the heck? And I'm looking down at the ground. I'm like, I don't think we're moving, but I also don't. It just feels really weird. So I kind of hold on to the railing. I put my foot out and I kind of touch my toe to the ground. And I'm, it's not like flying by. And I'm like, okay. So I step out of the train in my boxers. And I'm like, this is bizarre. And I walk up to the wall. I put my hand on the wall. And the wall is cold. Um, it's not a brick wall. It's like it's like a cold metal wall. And I'm like, I am. this is the trippiest thing ever. So I kind of end up like walking along the wall, feeling the wall. And then I come across an elevator uh, with only one button on it. So, so at this point, I'm like, let's just see where this goes. I think <laughs> I'm I'm dead. I guess I guess I'm dead. This is how you you know is this elevator going to go up or down? That's the question. <laughs> so I hit the button. It immediately opens. Ding opens up, and I walk in, and there's. There's like six flights or something like that. And I was like, well... Wait, six flights? What are you... Uh, buttons. You're going in... Oh, yeah. okay. I'm in the elevator. Okay. I'm like, well, um, I guess I'm going to the top, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I hit the... <laughs> I want to go up, not down, in the afterlife elevator, right? <laughs> so I hit the top one, and I go... And it goes up, up, and up, and up, and I'm still in my boxers, bare feet. The door opens up, and I get a rush of sunlight, just bright light. And I'm like, what in the hell... And so I step out of the elevator and I walk a few paces and I'm looking around. I can see the sky. I can see some people sitting around at like tables and stuff like that. You're still in your boxer shorts. Yeah. What would they look like? Uh, just regular people, but they're starting to kind of look no, at no, me. No, no, the boxer shorts. Like oh, they have like hearts remember. on them. I don't they remember. silky. <laughs> um, <laughs> got like a 50-50 going on. Got like, I'm just trying know, to get just an accurate out. picture. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, you know, me and my boxers. My hairy legs. And so and so I walk up. I take a, take a few paces. There's people kind of sitting in tables and stuff. And they're all kind of... Some of them are kind of looking up at me like, oh, what is this guy doing? And I look up and there's a bartender behind a bar. And he's like wiping off the bar, as bartenders do, and says something to me. And I'm like, what? And I walk up and he says something to me like, do you need help? And I was like, um, where am I? And he goes, you're at the top. <laughs> and I said, okay. And I walked out past the people eating breakfast or whatever. And I walked to the edge of a ship. And I'm looking out at the ocean. And I walked back to the bartender. I said, excuse me, am I on a boat? And he goes, yes. I said, but I was on a train. He goes, yes, yes, the train goes on the boat. That's how we get to Sweden. And I was like, what? You know, he goes, yes. Then, then, then it continues on to... Copenhagen. He's like, the train's on the boat? He goes, yeah. And I realized later that that is a thing. The train pulls onto the belly of a boat like in the nighttime, sails for a while and goes over to Sweden and continues on. 
That's amazing. And you're a just out cold because your your ears are like your ears are done. I mean, you, you, yeah. you've plugged up your ears, yeah. and it's dark, obviously, because yep. you've gone inside of this tunnel, yeah. inside of a boat, yeah. on the ocean. Exactly. And I get to the top, which is the deck of the ship, and the bartender is just, you know, it's a, it's like a breakfast bar at the top on the deck of this, you know, front of this ship. And it's just a very mundane travel thing that people are used to. But I thought I had literally died. <laughs> you're, you're at the top. I mean, I told this story one time, and, and I was like, so I put my foot out, I touched the ground, and someone's like, and someone literally was like, <gasps> And I was like, and I stepped off the train and my friend Val was like, was like, no, you didn't. Is this real? I was like, this is real. <laughs> and the brick wall, it wasn't a brick wall. It was a, it was a steel wall because it's the belly. It's the gar, it's the garage, you know, whatever, like of this, but in this ship and it's all the metal ship, you know? And it's like, that is a great story. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I love it. I had a moment the other day we were having a team lunch and I was telling this uh, story that I thought was a historical story. I had seen it on some shows, like on Top Chef or something like that. I was talking about the origin of cured meats. Yeah. And it was like some... And I think in the story, they were talking about how it was part of some like Mongol tradition where or they, as they traveled, they would stick fish underneath the saddles and it would, you know, get flattened out and the salt from the horse would cure the meat. Would cure the meat, okay. Right? So you stick your fish between your horse and your, and your butt. I don't know. I just okay. I just heard it and I because of the source, I took it as true. <laughs> right? And so I'm, I'm sitting yeah. in this meeting and I'm like, we're just talking about food and I'm like, oh man, I heard the craziest, craziest thing about the or- origin of, you know, these beasts. And I go off. I'm talking about this thing. And then I hear myself talking about it. And, you, and I'm like, you realize this is bullshit. It can't be true. <laughs> but I can't stop now. <laughs> so we, we continue. Like, we, we move on. We have our meal. And uh, <laughs> later on, I'm like, you know what? I... It was it was after our episode about common misconceptions apps yeah, actually. Yeah. So I was I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, I have to know. And so I Googled it and I I'm <laughs> totally sitting there and I'm like true. I'm like, hey everyone, I have to apologize. That five minutes of your time that I took up, total horseshit. Total horseshit. <laughs> totally cured salmon salted horseshit. <laughs> oh man. Like milk. God causing phlegm. Of different colors. I have another misconception for us. Yeah. Should this be a thing? A misconception? Please. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Ready for this? Yeah. Uh, Napoleon de Napoleon. Napoleon Bonaparte. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how you say it. No. Bonaparte. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Napoleon. 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 Who names their child Napoleon, right? Like after Napoleon. Yeah. Well, um, it's like... It's always talked about how he was short, you know, there's, a, there's the Napoleon complex, right? right that right. you're making up for your small stature or whatever. So that's a misconception according to Wikipedia. Really? Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Wikipedia's list of misconceptions. He was not actually short. He was actually slightly taller than the average Frenchman of his time. So what is that, like 5'10"? I don't know. I think people were shorter back then. Oh, so 5'8"? Yeah, I don't know. I'm five seven, so yeah. That's I'm five eight. You are and a half. Bull crap, with heels on. No, <laughs> I've been measured at five eight and a half since I was thirteen years really? old. Yeah. Wow. Chart just goes up, skyrockets, and then pff, flatline. Yeah. 
So, so after his death in 1821, the French emperor's height, emperor's height was recorded at five foot two inches, which Whoa. was slightly tall. I mean, have you ever been to like an old like mission or something like one of the California missions? Like the archways are so short. Yeah, People true. were yeah. freaking short back yeah, then. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, in fact, okay. In fact, some, some believe that he was, uh, nicknamed, uh, Le Petit Corporal, um, the little corporal, um, as a term of affection. And I think that's pretty common in French is Le Petit, you know, like oh, a sure, small sure. stack. It isn't like necessarily about, about its stature or size. It's about like, oh, uh, a nice or a cute, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like in know? South America, everything's a gordo. Gordo, yeah, like fatty, yeah, little fatty, yeah. So, so, uh, um, but he was, uh, it was often accompanied by his imperial guard, who were selected for their height. Um, some suggest that this could have contributed to the perception that he was relatively short. Interesting, but he wasn't actually short. Isn't that crazy? Wow, Napoleon complex. It's like that's that's not a thing anymore. So, Lucille's gobbler. Yeah, Lucille's Gobbler was a, a little sexy for me. Um, I gave it a four because I liked it. Yeah, I know you would. I, I'd like to keep our bird calls PG-13, though, from now on. I say I, the sexier the better. I'd like you to have it be a family show. We'll get another one for next week. Next and week. And we'll uh, see you then. Chan. Peace. Later. Peace.